Welcome to the Docs Dial Reps Podcast, where we talk with medical device sales reps about how they got started, how to support docs, and tales from the OR. If you're interested in asking a question on the show, please email info at docsdial.com. LifeSpine is focused on providing innovative solutions to address spinal pathology. Our comprehensive product portfolio centers around fusion and minimally invasive surgeries and is driven by patient and surgeon needs. We are dedicated to improving the quality of life for patients by increasing procedural efficacy and efficiency through innovative designs, uncompromising quality standards, and the most technologically advanced manufacturing platforms. For more information about distributing our products and sales training programs, please email shomit at omsurgicalsolutions.com. That's shomit, S-H-O-M-I-T at omsurgicalsolutions.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Doc Style Reps Podcast. I'm Nate Darling. Joining us today is Dr. Rapali Chadha. Dr. Chadha, how are you? Thank you for joining us on the Doc Style Reps Podcast. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So just to let our audience know, where are you based? So I'm in sunny Newport Beach, California. Sounds like a great place to be. Um, so let, let's get right to the topic that's at the forefront of everyone's mind, the coronavirus or COVID-19. For anyone unaware of it, what is it and what makes it different than, say, the flu or any of the other viruses that are floating around? And so as you mentioned, it is a virus just like the flu may be, but it is a particularly um, unique virus in that it is not a human-to-human virus actually first originated originated in animals and then has been transferred over to us humans. What makes it unique are pretty much three features. The first one is that um, it is much more infectious than the flu. So infectious basically means it, one person gets sick, it can get to many, many more people than, say, the flu. Um, other unique differences are the symptoms that you experience. So the flu, you get malaise, you get chills, and you develop a fever and all of that. With coronavirus, a lot of people don't have chills, body aches, malaise. They will just develop a fever, and so the presentation is different. And lastly, and you know, most alarming, unfortunately, is that the coronavirus leads to more death than the flu does. So it is a much more serious virus in that it's the quelae um, leads to rapid deterioration in a certain patient population, which is what we're looking out for right now. What are, what are the best practices that people can employ to stay safe from the coronavirus? So the number one thing is to wash your hands. So just soap and water for 20 seconds is good enough. Many people are very concerned about not having hand sanitizer, that there's a shortage of the stores. But hand sanitizer is really useful, you know, when you don't have soap and water, for example, when you're pumping gas. But other than that, most people can quickly get to a sink and soap if you're home or you're at work. And that's all you really need to keep yourself safe. Um, the other, you know, main important practice is to stay separated from people as much as possible. The virus is transmitted just like the flu is through droplets in the air where the virus lives and then gets onto your face or your hands and then into your body. So if you keep away from people, 
that will help a lot because you won't be even around the virus to begin with. Okay, so the two things, hand washing and keep away from other people. Now, what are the most common symptoms? What are the things that people should look out for for themselves and others to spot the coronavirus? So coronavirus is unique in that it produces a dry cough and high fevers. And those are the two main symptoms that people get before they develop shortness of breath, which kind of indicates that the virus is moving from the upper respiratory tract down to the lower respiratory tract, and it's getting more serious now. Um, you know, those are the main things. But I want to add and say that many people don't have those symptoms. Um, they may have a mild course and not even have any symptoms to speak of, but they're still contagious. They still have the virus. So that's why, again, this practice of keeping to ourselves. This is why, you know, bars and restaurants and gyms are shutting down so that we can keep some separation from each other. Um, if we don't have symptoms, we don't bring it home to our grandma and you know, she's at risk and there you go. Now she's going to have the symptoms. But if you do develop a dry cough and high fever, uh, it would be a good time to call your physician. And we're advising people not to flood the emergency rooms unless they're really sick, um, simply because of resources that we have available. And also because we don't want ERs to become Petri dishes where everyone just catches it from each other. Now, we've heard a great deal about social distancing. Let's talk a little bit about why that is so important to help contain the spread of the virus, even if you're not sick right now. That's a great question because a lot of people are questioning this idea of social distancing, which means four to six feet distance from other people, as well as staying at home as much as you can. So if your employer says you can you know, work from home, that doesn't mean that it's time to go to the pool or <laughs> it's time to stay at home. And the reason this helps is, you know, think of um, what happened with toilet paper. So everybody needed toilet paper, right? Or they thought they needed toilet paper. And they all went to the store and they all took the toilet paper and now it's gone. It's not that we don't have enough toilet paper for all Americans. It's that the immediate pulse of people running to the store and grabbing toilet paper diminished that availability. The same thing happens in healthcare. There are only so many hospitals, emergency rooms, and more importantly, physicians and nurses to take care of you. So if we're all out and about and we're this is a highly contagious virus and we're spreading it willy-nilly, then our emergency rooms are going to be over flooded. We only have so many ventilators in the country. And unfortunately, with this virus, some people will require help in breathing if it develops if they develop acute respiratory distress syndrome. So this is, you know, a big concern. If you stay home, you, quote, flatten the curve. And I'm sure your listeners have heard, to that, heard of that term. And that basically just means that if you stay at home and you limit your contact, people are going to get sick at a slower rate. So that way we'll have enough emergency rooms, enough doctors, nurses, and ICU beds, ventilators available for people as they slowly get sick rather than all at once. Well put. Now, as a doctor, you and the other healthcare workers are on the front line of treating patients. What are some of the challenges that you're facing right now? And also, what are you preparing for moving forward? I think the biggest challenge for us right now um, is we have to be there that so we're going to be exposed. We need PPE, which is personal protective equipment, and we don't have enough available. Um, part of the issue was that a lot of people went, went out and bought the N95 masks or they borrowed them from the hospital and took them home. 
So that's part of this part of the problem. The other problem is a supply chain issue, which has more to do with how middlemen in our healthcare industry get products to us and what kind of shortages they create. So, you know, not to get, you know, into that whole rabbit hole, but we don't have enough personal protective equipment. So that's a big challenge we're facing. Also, as I mentioned, if that curve doesn't flatten, we're just not going to be, there's not going to be enough of us to take care of all of you. On the other side of that, how have you seen an uptick in healthcare workers coming down with this? So there is, there has been talk that healthcare workers are getting sicker. But so the, the big, the big caveat in all of this is that we don't have the amount of testing we need available just yet. Um, our government and even gifts from other governments are trying to help us prepare for that so that we can test people. Um, so that's one of the issues. But um, the other concern is that there is a hypothesis that the longer exposure you have to coronavirus, the more ill you can become. Now, there's no data to support this. This is just something that uh, healthcare workers in Italy observed, that their doctors and nurses were getting sick at a higher rate or getting more severely sick. But this is all just observational right now. We don't really know. The, the big thing with this virus that I've heard is it's so new that, like you said, we don't really know what to expect yet. And everybody is just sort of learning from the last country where it became a problem as it's sort of dominoing around the world. That's, that's very true. So, you know, that's why it's better to be safe than sorry, because wouldn't you rather look back and say, oh, man, we so overreacted and we all had to stay home for two weeks and watch Netflix versus, oh, you know, we went about our business and uh-oh, a lot of people died. So, you know, when you look at the two alternatives, I think, uh, you know, I know people are concerned about the economic and financial impact of staying at home and not working, especially in people, uh, especially in people who cannot work from home. You know, they have to just basically take uh, a pay cut. Uh, but still, you know, in terms of saving lives, it is right now more prudent to take more extreme measures and, and, you know, like I said, better safe than sorry at this point. Now, turning to reps in particular, I understand they're still being called into work. What can a surgical rep uh, who's still supporting hospitals going into surgery do to help keep everyone safe? Well, if you are sick and you have a fever, call out. And I know that that's not easy to do, but we must do that. That is our, um, you know, moral duty to other humans. But if we're sick and also good self-care for ourselves, if we're not feeling well, please stay at home. And if you do have to go in and you you don't have a fever, you just have to go in because it's your job. Um, Practice good hand washing, keep as much distance from people as possible, employ an N95 mask if you can. Things like that will definitely help. Now, is there anything that you'd like to say in particular to companies that employ the reps about the pandemic, the pandemic situation that we're in now? Yes. If, if your employees are not immediately needed to save lives in hospital, please let them stay home. And I can't emphasize that enough. The only people who should be working right now are first responders like firemen and police. The other half of first responders are healthcare professionals, so doctors, nurses, and other ancillary staff like respiratory therapists, who are obviously very needed in ICU right now, um, and sanitation and other 
basic government function. If you are not required to keep the world turning around at the moment, please stay home. Good advice. Now, before we let you go, what are the main things that you want to have people remember from our conversation today? I think the main thing I want people to remember is to just stay at home. And I know that this is hard, especially when you're young and vibrant and you're not going to get that sick from COVID-19. It's maybe going to be a little bit of a cough, a day of a fever, if that. Um, It's easy to think you're invincible. But please, there are patients who are immunocompromised. There are patients who are 60, 65 and older, and there are people with diabetes, heart disease, and lung disease. And even if you don't get sick, you could infect other people and make them so severely ill that they end up in an ICU, on a ventilator, or pass away. So I think that's the the most important thing to say is that we are a family as Americans, and we need to help each other out. And if you don't need to go out, stay home, exercise at home. You know, watch the Netflix, cook some good food, have a glass of wine, sweet, stay home. Uh, one last question before I let you go. The information about our situation with, with the pandemic seems to be changing really, really rapidly. Is there a place that you could recommend people go to get the latest information so that they can stay updated and stay away from a lot of the chatter and misinformation that may be going around? Absolutely. The CDC's website, and they update it every single day, multiple times a day. So I think that that's the most accurate, authoritative, and up-to-date place to get information is cdc.org. Perfect. Dr. Rapali Chada, thank you for joining us today on the Doc Style Reps podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. LifeSpine is focused on providing innovative solutions to address spinal pathology. Our comprehensive product portfolio centers around fusion and minimally invasive surgeries and is driven by patient and surgeon needs. We are dedicated to improving the quality of life for patients by increasing procedural efficacy and efficiency through innovative designs, uncompromising quality standards, and the most technologically advanced manufacturing platforms. For more information about distributing our products and sales training programs, please email shomit at omsurgicalsolutions.com. That's shomit, S-H-O-M-I-T at omsurgicalsolutions.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Doc Style Reps Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes each month featuring how to get started in medical sales and tales from the OR. If you have questions or topic suggestions for the show, please email info at docstyle.com. That's I-N-F-O at D-O-C-S-D-I-A-L dot com. Let us know what you think.